Welcome to Inside the Media Minds. This is your host, Christine Blake. This show features in-depth interviews with tech reporters who share everything from their biggest pet peeves to their favorite stories. From our studio at W2 Communications, let's go Inside the Media Minds. Hi, everyone. This is Christine Blake, the host of Inside the Media Minds. And we are here today with a very special edition of Inside the Media Minds podcast. We are going to be talking about the RSA conference and some media strategies, tips, and takeaways for vendors to keep in mind during the show itself. So I'm joined with my colleague, Steve Bosk, who is a vice president at W2 Communications and specializing in cybersecurity companies. And Steve and I are going to talk a little bit about RSA, um, how to approach the first RSA in two years. Um, So welcome, Steve. Good to have you. Thanks for having me. Of course. I can't believe we're just under a month away from one of the biggest in-person events that we've had in a long time here in the cybersecurity industry. Yep. It'll be it'll be exciting. It's good to have it back. I know. Um, so to start out, what are the types of announcements that you typically see get attention and coverage at RSA? So I think, you know, with, with RSA, I mean, so much has changed in the last, you know, five, six years. And, and you know, this is, is that I think traditionally a lot of companies had saved up their big product and solution announcements to drop, you know, around the same time as the conference you know, wanting to really utilize those as, as major news drivers. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you know, putting on a reporter's hat, I think reporters who have covered the space or even have been new to the space know how much the cybersecurity marketplace has uh, just exploded and expanded. And so there is so, there are so many different solution and product and services categories now. There's so much to react to from a a product standpoint that it, it's almost as though it's it's you know too much in terms of um, how those products can really differentiate and be you know significant newsmakers unless they are you know truly you know something brand new to the marketplace that and are creating an entirely new category. So I think we've seen companies over the years um, you know really react to this um, and, and react to this in a different way. And try to make that pivot away from, you know, using the conference to make those big product splash announcements, um, and and really focusing on um, things like you know research, um, you know various interesting you know case studies, um, you know doing more custom storytelling activations where they've brought um, customers on site to do sessions. And doing sort of joint um, interviews with you know customer and you know an SME and and reporters, and I think you know for reporters that that I think has been you know, really appreciated. I, I think at the end of the day, what reporters really want and are spending a lot of time on is I have a finite amount of time on site, so I really want to prioritize the most compelling and interesting conversations with sources, new sources. Um, you know, new, um, you know, companies, uh, existing companies where they can add real value to my reporting slate, um, not just in real time, you know, for the RSA news cycle, but really for the next, you know, six, 12 months. And that's where they really see value in, um, you know, doing these valuable on-site conversations so that it could perhaps, you know, influence things that they're 
thinking about um, introduce you know new things that they hadn't thought about um, you know moving forward. Yeah, I totally agree, and I think it's interesting because maybe in years past, and and you and I have been you know working on um, activities related to RSA for years now in both of our careers, and. I think in the past, we used to see so much coverage um, coming out of like day of announcements, day of things, anything from products to um, like executive announcements, all that kind of stuff. And we really don't see that anymore. Um, and actually later on in this podcast, we're going to share some specific feedback from reporters who are attending the conference as to what they're looking for um, and how they're approaching news coverage at the show. But I think that's one of the biggest differentiators for this year, and even when we saw a little bit two years ago, it's, you know, it's more about the quality of conversations that you're having at the show and less about the quantity of announcements and things because things just get lost in the noise now. Um, and so I, I know this year, um, we actually did hear from a couple of reporters who, who told us, you know, what they're seeing as some of the main themes are focusing on critical infrastructure protection, supply chain security, um, those types of things, as we've seen a lot in the news lately about ransomware attacks. So anywhere that vendors can tell data-driven storylines related to those topics, I think those types of things are going to stand out this year in particular. Hey, absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and Steve, one of the things that you and I were talking about um, lately was um, about informational briefings. Like from your perspective, do we see informational meet and greet type of briefings or conversations having the same impact as they maybe used to years ago? Um, I, I think so. There's still real merit in doing informational briefings. I think the approach probably has evolved a bit and needs to be tweaked. Um, you know, we, and we saw that over the last couple of years where I think a lot of times, you know, in, in years past, vendors have approached informational briefings of Hey, you know, we should you should speak to it'd be great to speak to so and so. This is their experience. This is what they could talk to, and and certainly you know that again has merit in terms of giving context to a reporter. But I think it's it's even more important to think about. Okay, yes, the person has experience in this. This is what they are doing. This is what they've done in the past. Why they could be valuable, but why could they be valuable moving forward? What new insight? What new data point have they found from their work? What new anecdote could, you know, have they um, gleaned from their work and so forth that, again, is used really as the tip of the spear for the discussion to make it more real-time and valuable for, for that reporter? I think, you know, going into everything, it, it goes back to the earlier point is you got to think like the reporter. If I have you know, six, seven, eight slots a day over the three, four days that I'm there, you know, I'm, I'm going to be judging my briefing offers on a variety of different factors. If it's just a informational briefing because, hey, this person has a great resume, eh, you know, I'll come back to it. But if it's person has a great resume and, you know, of late, they've actually seen X or Y, which is new because of A, B, or C, Hmm, I'm gonna I'm gonna think about that a little bit more and try to squeeze that in because the higher the they know that okay coming out of that there's a higher probability there's going to be some valuable insight that I can glean from it to help with my reporting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are all really good points, and um, you know that kind of segues us into the next topic on 
what used to work at RSA and what doesn't work now. We kind of set the stage for the RSA landscape as a whole, but I think some of the things that used to work that don't work now, one being announcements the week of RSA don't work as well anymore. There's so much noise um, unless your company or the vendor has some really cutting edge, breaking research that may rise above the noise, but we're seeing now more than ever um, companies putting out research or news either before or after. And I actually want to share a really valuable piece of insight that we got from one of um, the, you know, the security trade reporters um, related to this topic. This person said, I recommend putting out research or announcements before the show. That way it doesn't get lost in the glut of information that's being released the week of the show and I can plan my coverage accordingly. It also means that I have a great reference point for on-site meetings and follow-up after the show. And Steve, I think that goes to your point as to, you know, these meetings can be useful for even topics coming out after the show, six months down the road, um, and really that relationship building aspect of RSA. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great insight and it's something you know, in terms of, of feedback we heard from reporters even last year on the tail end of the conference, you know, various tweets saying, you know, like from reporters, my biggest gripe is I'm getting all of these, you know, embargo uh, lifts on, you know, for the first day of the show or the second day of the show. And if they're getting 15 or 20, I mean, yes, reporters are, are um, you know, on, on tap to file multiple stories a day being at the show, but, you know, they can't necessarily file 8, 10, 12, 20, you know, different, different stories each day. They have to really pick and choose. So um, I, I think vendors going into the show have to realize, yes, um, it's important to raise brand visibility at the show. Um, is it realistic to, to help, you know, uh, we could influence and own the RSA news cycle? No, I mean, the RSA news cycle is, is its own noise machine. And so um, the more um, significant news that a brand has uh, and a vendor has and can get it out ahead of time, it, it, not, it does two things for the brand. One, it helps to influence an earlier news cycle going into the show. Um, it provides higher probability that uh, reporters are, are likely to cover uh, that news. Um, and, and second, um, it's appreciated by the reporters knowing that you know, their, their bandwidth is extremely, extremely limited while on site when they have to file things the first, second, third day of the show. So um, I think it's just, you know, key things to keep in mind, um, you know, in terms of how to properly navigate um, and, and really, you know, look at the RSA news cycle in, in the most effective way possible. Absolutely. And another point um, I wanted to make about what used to work and doesn't necessarily work as well now is vendors don't have to think of media only being on site at the show, especially in light of the COVID pandemic. Many reporters are still covering RSA news, but from a remote um, remote location. So, you know, pitching news during the show does not have to be just the reporters on site, just as valuable are briefings that are held beforehand, um, Zoom briefings, things of that nature. Um, RSA used to be kind of looked at as the big, one of the biggest news drivers of the entire year. Um, vendors sometimes took an all or nothing type of mentality, but that's not really the case anymore. 
Um, and I think that that point about reporters not just being on site, but available virtually kind of speaks to that as well. And one of the things that we've seen change a lot in the past two years. Yep. Yep. And I think the other thing too, for, for vendors is, you know, they're looking at the show differently. I, I think many are realizing, yes, you know, it's probably good to get our news out ahead of the show. I think at the same time too, there's a, there's a lot of other dynamics and factors at play. You know, RSA has now been rescheduled from February to this June timeframe. Uh, it, it sort of threw off, um, you know, everybody just in terms of looking at the year where they were going to really map out their, um, their announcements and their, you know, communications programming and, and activities. So, um, you know, going into to this show, you know, there could be uh, vendors that are still thinking, okay, what, what should we announce at the show? Or, hey, we're, it'd be great to do this research. It just might not be ready at the show. And that's perfectly fine. I think it's probably best, you know, if, if the research isn't done, um, there's, you know, things that need to still be uh, buttoned up that um, probably best to wait until after the show ends to be able to announce that new research or, or data. Um, but it shouldn't necessarily stop the vendor from maybe um, engaging with various reporters to provide some sort of preview on um, that research and data and what's to come. I think there's ways of, about uh, in going about it that uh, can still uh, generate value um, while on site. I think it's just, you know, does what happened on site um, convert into immediate coverage, right? That, that doesn't necessarily always happen. Absolutely. Agreed. Um, and of course, Steve and I can talk about this, this all day, right? But I think some really valuable perspectives come from the security trade reporters that we reached out to to get some of their insight. So I'm going to review some of these topics, and then we'll jump into some of the KPIs and, and ways that you can measure success at RSA. Um, so shared a little bit of this earlier, but really seeing that, you know, the theme this year of RSA is transform. And um, that can mean a number of different things. And we can even look at the, the PR program and the PR approach as a transformation. Um, so we'll likely see that theme throughout the entire event. Um, according to some of our security trade reporters that we've talked to, there's gonna be a big emphasis on critical infrastructure, supply chain, ransomware, the physical movement of goods and products, um, diversity um, and inclusion efforts as well in the cybersecurity space. I think we saw that a few years ago as well. Um, and then the privacy. So how privacy sessions have developed, um, you know, and, and been focused on different topics over time, um, privacy in, in policy and with lawmakers related to cybersecurity as well. Um, also, you know, we asked about how we think, how these reporters think this RSA will be different than those in the past. And some noted that it's, it's really, really an interesting and cool feeling to be at the first, one of the biggest first in-person events um, in years. It's almost like a reunion of sorts. And it's going to be really great to be connecting with people for, for these media contacts, to be connecting to resources and people that we've had so many phone conversations and Zoom meetings with and be able to see them in person. I think that's going to be one of the really, um, really exciting parts about RSA this year. Yeah, definitely. I think it's mm -hmm. it's always good to put a face to a name uh, and do do so in a physical setting. Uh, definitely long overdue. Um, and I, I think 
every type of attendee will will appreciate that. Uh, vendors, analysts, uh, you know, reporters alike. Um, and I, I think the collective gathering, um, you know, and, and conversations that'll be had, I think will have, I think, big payoffs for, for everyone, um, you know, down the line. Exactly. Um, and then, you know, one of the other things that we often hear from reporters is how many pitches they get. And, um, you know, how many vendors are doing different announcements and things of that nature. And we asked um, some reporters about how they would tell vendors to cut through the noise and to get through with, um, you know, what they're doing at RSA and their pitch. And so what we heard back is to understand the audience that a media outlet is geared towards. And this is a theme that we've heard almost on every episode of Inside the Media Minds. And it's for um, the pitching company to understand who their audience is. Like, is it relevant? Is what you know you want to talk to this reporter about? It's not going to be relevant for their audience because otherwise they're getting so inundated, they're not going to um, pay attention to, to this pitch, right? So I think it's really important to understand how each media outlet frames their coverage, how they're approaching the event, and even even keep it casual. Like, hey, you know, understanding you're getting inundated with RSA meeting requests, what are you looking to cover this year and how can, you know, we as a vendor be the most beneficial to you. Yep, yep. And I, I think just to bring it back to the theme of RSA, it's transform. I, I think transform is a call to action for uh, cyber vendors, you know, PR teams and their agencies too. It's time to really, you know, we've, we've seen the strategies and tactics for how to approach RSA evolve. Mm -hmm. And it's time to really, you know, if they haven't done so already, really transform uh, the way in which you know you engage and uh, you know work with with journalists and and vendors to um, you know generate and secure those valuable conversations on site and virtually around RSA moving forward. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So to sum up this this conversation and this podcast, we have five key takeaways that we'd like to to leave um, you as our listeners with as as you're approaching the final three to four weeks up to RSA. So takeaway number one, data-driven storylines and research. That's that's the way to go, right? Um, product announcements, uh, other types of company momentum announcements don't necessarily cut it this year. So really look to tell those data-driven storylines and leverage research to set your company apart. Um, secondly is timing. Um, you know, there's so much noise during RSA week. So consider putting out your research or, you know, having conversations prior to the show, preempt the RSA news cycle and noise machine and get ahead of the conference. Um, takeaway number three is don't feel like RSA is your only chance to create a news cycle. It's not an all or nothing mentality. Um, it's important to you know, leverage this event as much as you can, but also consider your conversations during the event throughout the rest of the year and really position um, your company as a resource, maybe three, six months down the road. Um, relationship building, having quality conversations versus quantity. It's not always the number of, of briefings and conversations you have, but it's really developing that relationship and that mutually beneficial relationship with the media and with reporters to set um, your company apart and really showcase differentiators. And then finally, as Steve mentioned, takeaway five is that transform theme. This is time to transform how your PR program is executed to better respond to current events, what's happening in the new cycle, and continue to adapt. Yep. 
And I, I think, you know, the biggest uh, things are that it's, it's, we still see a ton of value in uh, marketing and, and sales teams taking a very sort of integrated approach to RSA with respect to uh, the communications and, and marketing and sales activities. I think it's just important to keep in mind that, you know, if there's a piece of content that the sales team is using for engagement on site at RSA, it might not be that same exact form of content that's going to be valuable and useful to inform uh, conversations with media, right? Uh, bring it back to, you know, what media really want is, is doing those, you know, data-driven stories, new insights, new anecdotes. Um, and, and so I think it's, it's important to always be putting it through that lens when thinking, okay, how can one piece of content uh, be useful for multiple, um, in, you know, internal audiences? It can definitely inform, um, you know, where uh, things go from a, a PR perspective, but I think it's, it's really on the, the PR uh, team and, and vendors to, I think, approach media conversations with that piece of content in a very thoughtful way um, and, and ensure that whatever you know, comes of, of that content, that it's positioned in a way that truly is going to add value for a reporter. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so I think you know, this has been an overall really good discussion talking about some of the media strategies to leverage up until RSA and then during the show and then, and then post RSA as well. So thanks Steve for uh, joining me on this conversation and this special episode of Inside the Media Minds. Any final parting, uh, parting guidance or pieces of advice you can offer vendors leading up to the show? Yeah, just to say, you know, good luck to everybody. It's going to be a great show. Uh, looking forward to our RSA reunion event. Uh, mm -hmm. First night of the show, Monday, June 6th uh, with SC Media. And um, yeah, just look, looking forward to a great, uh, great show and some great conversations. And uh, yeah, now is the time to, to transform. Yeah, I love it. And then we'll also be on site um, recording podcast episodes with some of the media in attendance as well. So please follow along with Inside the Media Minds podcast. And we look forward to um, hearing your feedback and good luck to everybody. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Inside the Media Minds. To learn more about our podcast and hear all of our episodes, please visit us at w2com.com slash podcast and follow us on Twitter at Media Mind Show. And you can subscribe anywhere podcasts are found.